hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awarden. Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. I keep calling it iTunes, but it's actually Apple Podcasts. So, but we can call it iTunes as well, I guess it's kind of sort of the same thing. We are ready to talk about the draft and free agency. So it's the draft and free agency 2019 edition. Yes, sir. The Wild had a busy draft and a couple of signings, a couple of, uh, you know, interesting signings. We'll see how uh, that all pans out. Of course, getting a little bit older and getting a solid veteran as well. Solid young veteran and a solid uh, older veteran, but not too old in Matt Zuccarello and Ryan Hartman. We'll talk about them later. We're going to open things up with the draft per se. A couple of interesting picks here, especially the very first one. NHL draft. I mean, it was what it was. A lot of big time players moving early, of course, like Jack Hughes, of course, going number one to New Jersey. Capo Caco going to the New York Rangers. The Chicago Blackhawks wind up with Kirby Doc. There was even some uh, mock drafts with Kirby Doc slipping to Minnesota at 12, which is kind of weird. Uh, <clears throat> some interesting, interesting moves here by a couple of teams along with uh, Philadelphia and such. Philadelphia ultimately making a move to go right ahead of the Wild. For some reason, this isn't showing it. It's showing Arizona still, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, Alex Turcotte ended up going to the LA Kings. He was supposed to go to the Blackhawks at one point. Uh, one of the more interesting moves, at least a couple of them, Pod Colzine, who uh, Michael Russo was hoping the Wild would wind up with out of Russia, who, again, two two years until he comes to the NHL, and that's perfectly fine with us. I mean, we're used to it, and plus 18 versus 20. Okay, big freaking deal there. Um, Pod Colzine ends up going to the hated, or at least formerly hated, Vancouver Canucks. And then you think uh, that Philadelphia is trading up to get Cole Colfield, who a lot of people thought or thought was going to slip to the Wild or hope the Wild would take at 12. A lot of people thought Philadelphia would take him as well. A guy who's awfully short, in fact, shorter than some of my than, than my, my oldest niece and uh, older nephews who are still in their teens, uh, just starting their teens in the nephews case. That's how short Cole Caulfield is, but uh, definitely a scoring machine per se coming out of the U.S. Hockey League. Their U.S. development team, scoring machine, and lots of potential, but very very short guy. Uh, Soderstrom ends up being selected, a lower scoring, solid stay-at-home defenseman the third defenseman taken in the draft ultimately by Chuck Fletcher of the Philadelphia Flyers trading with the Arizona Coyotes and then Minnesota winds up with one of the two guys that was probably supposed to go ahead of Minnesota maybe in the top 10 and such Minnesota winds up with Matthew Boldy so there you go not a bad pick it's just unfortunately the left shot again left wing all that yeah, we're going to talk about left, right, left, right, left, right. It's like the Army. Left, right, left, right. But that's kind of how it is. Minnesota stuck in the uh, left shot, left wing deal. Uh, Alex Newhook, who was a conversation as well, coming to Minnesota in mini mock drafts, a playmaker. He winds up going to the Colorado Avalanche, so he'll be a nice addition to them. Going to kind of scroll, scroll down a bit more. Where Kaliyev, a guy who I wouldn't have minded being taken 11th, winds up going to the LA Kings. So the Kings... Landing a couple of good players there in the first round. Turcotte, who's a playmaker and a chance to be a star, number one uh, center in the NHL for the Los Angeles Kings. And they get Kaliov to play on the right side with him, potentially, maybe years down the road. So, very interesting. 33rd overall. Slipped all the way to day two, as Minnesota will take a couple of Russians here in day two, which is pretty cool. Uh, Matthew Boldy will look at him some more. And, of course, he's going to end up going to... 
Boston College. So not Boston University, but Boston College. So like Alex Tuck, uh, Boston University was uh, Jordan Greenway. So not to get those mixed up. Matthew Boldy certainly scoring potential. A lot of people like this pick an awful lot. He's not a small guy either. Six foot two, about 192. Probably put on some more weight in that frame. April 5th, 2001. You, you feel old yet? Just a few months before 9-11. And some of us were adults on September 11th of 2001. And uh, yeah, now you have draft picks. 2001, you know, just like the, the you go into a tobacco store or, or wherever, gas station, it says uh, 2001. Wow, you have to be born in 2001, whatever, on this date or earlier. And it's like, I'm starting to feel really old. And every year, every draft, I feel older and older and older as now we're getting 2,000 years moving in to the uh, National Hockey League, potentially in uh, NBA even, almost there as well. And Freck, yes, there. It's uh, freshmen's in college heading that way. But Matthew Boldy will skate for Boston College next year. It'll be fun to keep up with him. He is from Massachusetts, Millis, Massachusetts. So we'll see. Uh, left winger with a ton of potential. A lot of people like it. Like what he can do. He's got some shifty moves. He's got some strength. He's got the competitiveness, and he's got that desire to get better and better and better. 17 goals and 43 total points for the U.S. National Under-18 team in only 28 games. So he's got something to work with there. That's for damn sure. And the Under-17 team, a couple of years ago, 35 points in 34 games, 12 of them goals. Uh, in the exhibition season, rather than the U.S. Hockey League version of the Under-18 team, Boldy had 16 goals and 38 total points in 36 games there. He was a plus 13 in the exhibition level, a plus uh, 14 in the U.S. Hockey League level. Uh, <clears throat> so definitely a ton of potential with the young man moving forward with Matthew Boldy. So a uh, lot to look forward to there. The stick handling is there. He's good in traffic. So, I mean, not a whole lot of weaknesses for this guy. And uh, hopefully in uh, maybe a mere year, he'll be skating for the Minnesota Wild or probably Iowa at the very beginning, and we'll see what happens there. Vladislav Firstov ends up coming to Minnesota. Second round, 42nd overall, so fairly fairly early in the second round. I guess about in the same spot. And more good news here. This guy's already in the United States, or no, he's not. Uh, he's in the, uh, <laughs> he's in the, uh, he, he's in North America, Waterloo Blackhawk. So nice to have him on board there. He is also a left shot, left wing. Hello? 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 You know, it, it takes two wings to fly, right? So, I, <laughs> have you ever heard that saying? It takes two wings to fly. Never mind. Um, left winger, left shot, six foot one, one eighty one. A little bit smaller guy, but certainly got the scoring potential. A lot of people really like this guy. He's already in North America. That's the good part. Fifty eight total points for the Waterloo Blackhawks of the U.S. Hockey League. Twenty six goals, oodles of potential. And a guy who could be here in maybe two years or something. We'll see what happens, how he develops. USL, maybe OHL. We'll see what happens with him in the future here, in the not-too-distant future. Maybe he just sticks around in the USHL for the moment. Uh, Hunter Jones, Minnesota, end up taking two goalies, where uh, the other guy, <laughs> the other guy that was supposed to go significantly uh, earlier, of course, Spencer Knight, that's the one who wound up going to Florida, and there is a weird situation there. I'm going to cheat ahead to free agency just because of this one move right here. This was a guy that a lot of people hoped Minnesota would take. Again, Spencer Knight out of Florida. Well, winds up, winds up going to Florida. Pardon me, the U.S. Hockey League. All kinds of potential. Winds up going one pick after Matthew Boldy in Minnesota there to the Florida Panthers. 
It's like, okay, well, Florida's got their goalie of the future. He's another big guy with a lot of future. He could probably fill out his frame and get even better and all that. Goals against average under three the last couple of years here. Tons and tons of potential. 15-1 and one record uh, during the season in the USHL level. And then in the exhibition level, 17-3. and three. I mean, goals against average less than two and a half. About 2.33 when you combine the two uh, categories there. Wow, oodles of uh, potential out of Darien, Connecticut. And the Florida Panthers, what do they do in honor of of, uh, drafting Spencer Knight 13th overall and naming him as the goalie of the future? They sign Sergei Bobrovsky from the Blue Jackets. Okay, so sure, yeah, you know, sign this veteran guy to kind of, you know, lead the way for now and uh, let Spencer Knight take over in a couple of, well, seven years, 70 million. Sergei Bobrovsky, seven years, 70 million. For Sergey Bobrovsky. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? But uh, that's pretty much what's uh, taking place at this moment. So definitely a confusing uh, decision by the Florida Panthers. We'll quickly move on back to Minnesota because that's all that matters, damn it. <laughs> kind of, you know, kind of. I mean, I, I love what Matthew Boldy brings. Uh, first off, should be interesting. But again, Minnesota took two goalies ultimately at the end of the day. Hunter Jones... Hunter Jones selected by Minnesota in the second round. The Minnesota Wild would trade up for this one. Out of the OHL, Hunter Jones from Brantford, Brantford, Ontario, Ontario, another monster. Six foot four, 194 pounds. Again, the frame will fill up probably over the years. 18 years old. He'll turn 19 on September 21st. Not the best numbers of all time in the OHL for the Petersburg Peets, but of course, you know, it's all about potential. Uh, there was the junior, the Ontario Junior Hockey League. He had a little bit better numbers. Goals against average, 2.74. But uh, as he moved up to the major OHL, 5.14 in 17-18. In this past season, 18-19, 3.31. He did have a uh, win-loss record of 28-24. So a winning record, goals against average of 90, basically 90.2. Where he had about a 92% save percentage for the uh, Stouffville, Stouffville Spirit with the juniors a year before. Uh, actually, that was two years before, pardon me. But, uh, well, let's see what happens. Three shoutouts last year for the Petersburg Peets, by the way, for Hunter Jones as he is moving on into college as we move forward with him. And in his case, on his way to the University of Connecticut. So we'll see how that ultimately turns out. Sorry if I'm getting a little too quiet here. Pardon me, kind of moving around here, trying to figure, kind of putting things together as I go here. But the mouse uh, stopped working on me for the moment, so apologize for that. <laughs> Just a temporary thing, though. Adam Beckham, Beckman, ugh, third round, 75th overall from the Spokane Chiefs, WHL. He's another interesting candidate, a left winger again. But just, you know, I, I should just say, everyone say it with me. Left shot, left winger, right? Left shot, left winger, okay? That's all you got to say about it. WHL, more of a goal scorer than a uh, playmaker, but at the same time, it's actually fairly even. It's nice to see his goal scoring capabilities, at least at the WHL WHL level, pardon me. 32 goals, 30 assists in in, uh, 68 games, 62 points. He was a plus 19 for the Spokane Chiefs. Another guy, people pretty happy about that one, thought he kind of was a little bit of a sleeper, along with the defenseman that came to Minnesota later on in this uh, very, very, very draft. So, we'll continue to move forward here. 
You'll also notice a trend picking up here because uh, Beckman is actually going to wind up going to Boston College. So make note of that. Beckman is going to Boston College, okay? So now with the Wild not having a fourth-round pick because of the trades and such, trading up and all that and other trades during the season, two sixth-round picks ultimately, two second and two sixths. So no fourth-round pick. Minnesota moves on to round number five and pick Matvey Guskov, who also is ultimately from Russia. Minnesota actually has three Russians in this draft, which is pretty cool. The London Knights, OHL, 59 games played, two, 12 goals and 19 assists, pardon me, plus minus of 12. There you go again, a plus 12 there. 149th overall. A center that shoots left, so we'll have to wait and see there. With that, another left shot, but he's a center, and hopefully he ends up becoming something six for one, 180. Are you ready for this one? Guskov is going to... Boston College, okay? Boston College, right? So that would be number three. That is the third Minnesota Wild draft pick already going to Boston College. So Matthew Boldy, Adam Beckman, and Guskov all going to Boston College. Very, very interesting when you sit down and think that over at the end of the day. I should also mention that the second-round pick, uh, <laughs> second-round pick, the, the highest-ranked Russian, Vladislav First off, is also going to Connecticut. So lots of East Coast college hockey going on here. And I mean a lot. So two Connecticut and, well, three Boston at this point. So that's three. Okay, you keeping keeping track here? You keeping track? All right, let's keep moving. So again, two Connecticut. You start off with uh, Boldy, uh, Boston. Boldy to Boston College. And then you get First off and Jones both to Connecticut. Beckman and Guskov going to Boston College. Let's continue. Marshall Warren. Marshall Warren is also a defenseman, uh, was a defenseman taken in the sixth round, the only defenseman actually taken in the draft by Minnesota. Uh, Pavel Bennett thinks this guy is absolutely a sleeper here for where he uh, wound up. Laurel Hollow, New York native, 18 years of age at this point, 5'11", 167, so again, some filling out some frame there. Marshall Warren, uh, Warren is an African-American, so that's cool. Uh in the at the exhibition level in only 32 games, Marshall Warren put together four goals and 17 assists, good for 21 points. Again, in only 32 games, was a plus 20, plus 20 for that U.S. national under 18 team. That's pretty amazing stuff. Uh, plus 20, and at the USHL level in only 26 games, 13 points, four goals, nine assists, was a plus 29, a plus. 29. So this is one hell of a uh, U.S. hockey team here under 18. They are really something else. Uh, and uh, boy, the Minnesota claiming a lot of these guys. Lots of East Coast vibes going on here. Where's Marshall Warren going? Anybody? Anybody want to Anybody want to guess? Anybody want to guess? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think you got it. <laughs> I think you got it. That would be uh, Boston College. Yeah, Boston College. Get get ready for Boston College here, folks, because uh, you better uh, keep up with Boston College this year because the Minnesota Wild have four prospects just from this draft alone going to Boston College. Boston College, as they like to say it, over in that part of the uh, the country there. Pretty amazing. Uh, left shot defenseman because everybody's a left shot. Well, we are going to leave Boston College now. Four players out of the first six taken by Minnesota are going to Boston College. The other two... University of Connecticut. So everybody's going to college also, which is good. Uh, that's cool. And then after college, they can come to the NHL via entry draft. So we won't have guys playing around in juniors forever. We won't have guys overseas stuck over there forever either. So that's interesting in this draft. We have absolutely none of that going on 
in this draft. Very, very interesting indeed. So that seems to be the trend with uh, Paul Fenton here coming forward. There were a lot of uh, players last year that were in juniors and such, and they did fine, like Connor Dewar and others. So we'll see how they turn out at the end of the day. A lot of them were signed to entry-level deals, so they could actually move on into minor league hockey, which is just fine. Uh, Sam Henches and Jack McBain, both in college hockey last year, or uh, uh, St. Cloud State and Sam Henches' case, Jack McBain also <clears throat> was in uh, Boston College. So hopefully this is going to be a damn good Boston College team because uh, that's now number five right there in just two years. Five players going to Boston College, only one last year, but uh, the big center there, six foot four. Hopefully he ends up being better than Eric Fair at least. Uh, Fair was a pl- is a fine player, but uh, you hope to get better than that in the third round. But well, I don't know. That's college hockey. College hockey is kind of all over the place, or and NHL hockey and all that. Of course, the NHL draft. Nikita Nesterenko. Nikita Nesterenko also out of Russia. At the end of the day, that is number three out of Russia. There are no numbers on him at the moment. No numbers available, at least in Hockey Database, which is about as reliable as it comes for getting numbers. So we'll just have to wait and see there. His development uh, elsewhere. He's only 17 years of age at this point. Turns 18 on September 10th, the day before the real 9-11. Pretty crazy. Six-round pick, 172 overall. Nikita Nestorenka will play for Brown College, which is uh, NCAA Division One. So good luck to him. We'll see what happens there. He is a center that shoots left is six foot 157 very skinny guy at this point but only 17 years of age so definitely time to fill up physically there philip Lindbergh already was in college hockey last year the goaltender seventh round pick 197th overall and he did a hell of a job and he's another fin- finnish goalie so don't be surprised if Lindbergh finds his way on the minnesota wild uh, roster sometime in the future who knows this guy could be a pretty pretty good prospect for minnesota because he played on a national contender. They went to the championship game, but they ran into Minnesota Duluth in the final, unfortunately for them. Lindbergh, though, my goodness, 17 games. He, uh, man, he was outstanding this season. Four shutouts, 1.60, 11-4 record, save percentage of 93.4. And this is for uh, University of Massachusetts Amherst, who went to the final game. The final game, the championship game against Minnesota Duluth, and Lindbergh was solid throughout the season. Playing a bit of a platoon role there uh, for UUMass. So there you go. Well, <laughs> it's Massachusetts, so that would be number six. Uh, a six guy out of Massachusetts. Where's Paul Fenton from again? Is Paul Fenton from Boston or something? Or like Massachusetts? Something like that? Is he? Hmm. No, he's not. There, there's no way possible. That, that, there's no... Yeah, actually there is. There's a there's a connection there somehow, some way. But you know what? Good for him. And hopefully he took the right people here. And if it's all a big fat wash, then great. But, well, you want to watch Boston College, you'll be seeing a lot of uh, Minnesota Wild development there. It'll be like a development camp right there during the course of the season. It's uh, the Minnesota Wild development team right there at the moment. Hopefully Boston College is up for that challenge because they stunk last year, and Jack McBain was not that good. It, it was just not a good mix. So hopefully these guys will work together a little better. It's kind of interesting to imagine, though, they'll be working together in college potentially working together in the AHL and potentially working together in the NHL. Very interesting. As long as they don't get sick and tired of each other, but they end up being good teammates and uh, good chemistry and all that. Hmm. This could be, this is either genius or flat out stupid. We'll just have to wait and see how this turns out. But uh, interesting to note that it's Boston College mania over for the Minnesota Wild uh, at the end of the day. 
Uh, By the way, I should mention, depending on when you're listening to this, happy July 4th. It is July 4th as I'm recording right now. And similar to last year, the clouds clouds are kind of dark right now, but it's not actually raining this time. And my knee doesn't hurt as much. But it is humid as F-bombs, just like it was last year at this time of year. Uh, Again, this was now, what, 2012. So seven years to the day, Minnesota Wild signed a couple of expensive players that are still on the roster for six more years. So... Yeah, I think if you're listening to this episode and you've paid attention to the Wild even a tiny bit, you know who those guys are, so they're not. it's not necessary that I mention their names at this point. Interesting draft, though. It's kind of cool that you took two goalies. Lindbergh could be a real interesting one in that seventh round. Um, you just never know. And, well, I mean, hopefully it's good that the Wild have built up some competition now uh, between the pipes. You got your uh, you, you got your Matt Robson, you got your Capo Kakinen, and now these two guys, along with uh, the other one, too, that <laughs> Biarbo out there as well, who's kind of floating around in the development camps and such. Uh, I've heard very good things about uh, the guy we took last year, Philip uh, Johansson, in the first round. Not a lot of people, again, remember there was that whole, what, what the hell? But you know how the NHL draft can be and how they were advertising it last year second round and all that, second round, third round, fourth round, where all these stars were taken, like the Jamie Benz and such, were taken in the middle rounds of the draft. So maybe, hopefully, Philip Johansson ends up being that kind of guy, despite, oh my God, why would you take him in the first round, blah, blah, blah. He was supposed to go in the second or third round, and who the hell is he? You know, they don't even know who he is over there, you know, for the national team. They don't even know who he is. Well, people have been dazzled a bit by his skills. So uh, in the uh, development cap, that's what people have been saying, and these are fans you know, with uh, the the objective type of fans and such, not necessarily just, you know, like scouts and stuff for the team because, well, they're going to want to say that because it's their pocketbook on the line here when it comes to Philip Johansson's draft last year. A lot of people very uh, skeptical at best with that pick. And, well, people intrigued very much so by that one. Uh, Matthew Boldy looks pretty damn awesome, great stick handler and such. So people very excited with him in the uh, development camp that just took place Fun, fun event. Uh, Looks like <laughs> Matt Robson seems like he's got uh, he's got a lot of energy. Seems like a cool guy as well. Fun uh, events as well. They had them playing volleyball to kind of get their minds off hockey. Uh, Brad Bombardier will be joined by Matt Hendricks, which I think is a really smart move here. Uh, Brad Bombardier is the developmental uh, <laughs> is a director of player development and such, but now he'll be the director of player development for the defense uh, for the defenseman because what was Brad Bombardier? A defenseman. So now it's not all on his shoulders. Now Matt Hendricks joins the fold. He retires from the National Hockey League, ultimately the Winnipeg Jets, and a couple games at the Wild last year, two assists, as mentioned on last episode. Matt Hendricks will be the uh, forward side of uh, player development. So pretty cool. So he'll be working with Brad Bombardier in that sense. Brad Bombardier with a little bit of that, uh, <laughs> with a big piece of that work uh, taken off his shoulders. Now it's kind of split between those two guys, offensemen and, and forward, or excuse me, forwards and defensemen, respectively. Maybe you need a goalie one as well, but uh, that wouldn't be the worst idea. But I suppose there's not too many guys necessarily. But, uh, yep, you don't have to travel. Uh, Brent Bombardier doesn't have to travel all over the planet every couple seconds, though I'm sure he still will in a lot of ways. But uh, it'll be a little bit less workload for him because Matt Hendricks will be that guy on the uh, the uh, offensive side of the puck, the, the uh, forwards and such. So we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Hopefully it works out well. Been quiet on the Mike Madonna front, of course, because, well, there's just not a whole lot to say there. And I'm sure 
this job has started in a lot of ways and a lot of ways it's not like still kind of moving from Arizona and all that so still lives there at the moment probably kind of commuting from there back and forth every now and then flying over to Minnesota back to Arizona this and that as uh, his kid will be graduating from high school next spring and then the true move will take place and who knows if uh, Paul Fenton becomes too much of a Boston College slash National Predators fan rather than you know like drafting correctly depending on how, if this is a little bit silly how things are turning out here we'll just wait and see if this ends up being just kind of stupid you're just taking all these guys you're familiar with one way or another or just you're, you're a fan of this team and this uh this team you know this national hockey league team and this uh you know you're affiliated with the nhl team of the predators previously and then of course being obsessed with players from boston and massachusetts and all that so we'll just have to wait and see how all that turns out because maybe you never know meg madonna will be the uh Vice President of Hockey Operations or President of Hockey Operations. Who knows what's going to happen with him in the future. But don't be surprised if he becomes something on the hockey side at some point in the not-too-distant future. But for now, he is the business advisor because, well, that role, you don't necessarily have to be here as much. And uh, it's a year away before he moves here and he can be completely hands-on all the time in the future. So going to be very intriguing to see how that turns out. The Lodnias and such, hopefully he gets better. Uh, Bryce Misley, hopefully he continues to develop as he struggled mightily for Vermont last year. Of course, that was the last Chuck Fletcher draft. Mason Shaw's third ACL injury. I talked about it last time around second on that left knee there. Very sad, very sad indeed. Uh, Svetlakov hasn't panned out yet. That's a six-round pick from 2017. Cunning, all kinds of hopes and dreams and such with him. Hopefully he can turn out to be a hell of a player on the second line at the end of the day. Uh, there's been talks about which way the Wild should go with free agency and such. Uh, why bring in older players like Zuccarello and such? Why bring in Wayne Simmons, who actually who actually only signed for one year for $5 million. That's not bad, actually. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Uh, one year, $5 million is not bad for Wayne Simmons. That might have been a good deal there, because it's one year. You know, you don't have to go crazy over it. Let's look at the top free agents here as we slide into that, and then we can kind of discuss... Uh, what the situation is, the depth chart and such for the Minnesota Wild, including some other uh, pieces and such along the way. Uh, Anthony Botetto has become an unrestricted free agent, so that was of July 1st. Hopefully the Wild don't bring him back. We'll see what happens. A couple of minor league slash NHL fringe guys, Luke Johnson, Gabriel Dumont were brought in before I talk about the main ones. Both of them centers. Uh, one assist so far for Luke Johnson last season. For the Chicago Blackhawks in only 15 games, he was drafted in the fifth round by the Blackhawks. So Minnesota signs him, and see, we'll see what happens with him in the uh, minor leagues and such. Still got some time, holding his case. I'm not sure. Gabriel, Gabriel Dumont. Dumont. Sounds like he's from... Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, another fifth round pick. This one was from the Montreal Canadiens. He's a right shot uh, center, 5'10". And, well... He has been in the league a little bit. He's had a uh, he's had a cup of coffee here and there. Three games in 2011-12, 10 games in 13, 12-13, three points that year. Nothing of double digits in only f in 39 games for the Tampa Bay Lightning, one of the better teams in the league, 16-17. Maybe they weren't great that year, but they were pretty good. If I remember, they got to the conference final, four points. So not much of a whole lot of production for a right shot center there. So... Mm, I don't know. The hopes aren't too high. He'll probably be a nice veteran for the AHL as certain players have moved on 
other players coming back to the Iowa Wild. Nico Sturm, don't be surprised if he winds up in the AHL next year, but who knows? He's going to try to make the NHL. Only nine points in 87 games so far for this guy, uh, Gabriel Dumont. And the look on his face shows like that, uh, that yeah, I am here, I guess. I guess I'm here. Who, who knows how long you're going to keep me? I'm kind of not getting the job done so much. Uh, Luke Johnson, a little bit younger. Definitely uh, younger. I'd say four years younger. Um, still a chance for him. Still a chance for Luke Johnson, and I hope for his sake he uh, can pan out. That would be great. Let's look at how he has done so far in his uh, earlier days and such. He barely made it to the NHL. He is from Grand Forks, North Dakota, and yes, as I figured, he did play for the University of North Dakota. I thought that was familiar. Uh, 24 points was his best season as a, as a uh, sophomore part of me in 14-15. But, uh, yeah, he at least got into the 20-point range. Kind of a slightly above-average college player. Uh, at the end of the day, more of a penalty minutes, kind of a bulk type of guy. So, again, the good part about him is you could probably call him up and put him on the fourth line as long as he's productive in the, uh, in the AHL. If he's productive in the AHL, he's the kind of guy you could call up and put on the fourth line and not feel bad about it, like you're holding him back. Uh, AHL, he's been productive, like 30-point type of years. Not spectacular, but he did have 18 goals last year for the Rockford Ice Dogs, the AHL affiliate for the National Hockey League Chicago Blackhawks, as he had one assist last year in the 15 games he did play. That's the only NHL action he's seen so far, the 24-year-old uh, Luke Johnson. So we'll just have to wait and see with that. Again, hockey database helpful with providing information and it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, kind of turns out at the end of the day uh, let's look at the free agents in general uh artemi panarin winds up seven years 81.5 million to the new york rangers no major surprise that he wind up there they got the money there they've done a good job with that kind of rebuilding on the fly there they've done a really good job they tanked for a little while they warned the season ticket holders we're going to tank for a little bit and now they're getting serious quickly here Matt Duchesne, who played for the Senators and the Blue Jackets last season. Again, former Colorado Avalanche player traded for what was the fourth pick overall in the draft uh, this year. Uh, Predators end up signing Matt Duchesne for seven years, $56 million, and they also trade away uh, Pat, uh, they, all, they, uh, they trade away P.K. Subban, Subban to the New Jersey Devils, who's aging a little bit, and he did struggle last year, so Devils have a chance to be really good, but so do the Predators. Uh, they have a chance to be excellent, so we'll wait and see. That could end up being a good trade for both teams. As mentioned earlier, Sergei Bobrovsky goes from the Blue Jackets to the Panthers, so the Blue Jackets losing a couple of players here. In fact, uh, yeah, it hurts. That's three guys leaving the Blue Jackets. That's got to hurt. Ooh, the top three free agents leaving the Blue Jackets, so ouch. <laughs> Panarin leaving the Blue Jackets to Shane after that trade was a nice, valuable piece last year before they ran into the Boston Brewers in the second round. Um, and yes, Sergei Bobrovsky, who is only okay, I thought. I think they could do better, probably. And uh, yeah, seven years, $70 million to the freaking Panthers. I don't know what the Panthers are doing there. Uh, $7 million a year will go to Joe Pavelski as he does leave the San Jose Sharks. He wanted to go back, but it just didn't happen. That's a cheap deal there, another one. Not not Pavelski's deal. That's kind of expensive, but it's only three years, so that's the good part. $7 million a year on average. Corey Prairie also will go to the Dallas Stars. One year, $1.5 million. That's a very cheap deal. It could have been a nice right-wing uh, right piece here in Minnesota. You know, why not? Why not go in that direction instead of the direction we went? I don't know. And yeah, wow, it's raining again. I can't believe it. <laughs> we had a couple... Yeah, a couple 
maybe a full day of no rain. Here is a little bit of rain again. Uh, just like last year. It's just, you know, it's like deja vu. I just, I got distracted by that. I apologize. <clears throat> but no, Corey Perry, 1.5 mil. Wouldn't have been a bad idea for Minnesota. Robert Lehner will leave the New York Islanders. Ouch. And goes to the Blackhawks for one year, 5 million. Interesting. Lehner had a hell of a year for uh, New York Islanders last year, but I guess they're going with uh, Greasy, the German guy there in uh, New York, at least from what it appears. Wayne Simmons again goes to the Devils. One year, five million. Devils might have a chance to have a little win now action going on with uh, P.K. Subban and Wayne Simmons jumping on board there. The remainder of that big contract for Subban. The eighth-ranked free agent is Matt Zuccarello. He sounds very familiar. A uh, guy I always talked about when the Wild would play the New York Rangers and, of course, the Dallas Stars after he broke his arm immediately. His first game with the uh, Dallas Stars trying to block a puck. You're blocking it head-on like that with your hand, with your arms? Dumb. Uh, hopefully he is better high, uh, better hockey IQ than that. Uh, always a good, solid player. He's a left winger who shoots... Well, he's a right winger who shoots left. He's a right winger who shoots left. They call him a left winger, but he likes to play on the right side, and he will play on the right side. So that's just how it is. Uh, five years, $70 million. Uh, Sounds like Jason Zucker is staying as the 99th trade idea kind of went up in smoke. So I guess I guess he's staying. He's not happy with his name getting bannered about all over the place, like, do you guys want me or not? That type of thing. So that's going to be a situation there that'll have to be patched up a bit. Uh, Zuccarello does come to Minnesota. He's our top free agent. Five years, $30 million. To me, that's too long. Uh, Zuccarello's a solid player. People love him. Uh, he's been a factor for many years in the NHL. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, again, people love the guy. A lot of people say he will be everyone's favorite player on the team. Like, his personality... His, his gamesmanship, everything. 40 points last year, again, in limited action with the injury. His size is not good. Um, the Minnesota Wild were very excited about, especially Paul Fenton, per se. He is the representative of the Wild when it comes to the player personnel and all that. Um, very excited about the size of the players the Wild drafted. Like, everybody was taller than Paul Fenton. That's what he wanted. He wanted all these tall guys, which is good. You know, it's good to get size because size matters and this and that. Zuccarillo's five seven five eight. So... All right, again the size thing. That's gonna people are gonna make fun of that. Uh, Zuccarillo extremely popular though with the New York Rangers. Uh, the legendary Lundqvist, Henry, Henrik Lundqvist, of the New York Rangers, who's been there forever, got them to the final, got them to the conference final, this and that. Unfortunately, no Stanley Cups with that club. Uh, both of them Norwegian, and uh, Lundqvist a bit uh, extremely sad was uh, cry, literally crying when Zuccarillo got traded to the Dallas Stars. So unfortunately. Off he went, and now he's a Minnesota Wild player. Uh, Oslo, Oslo, Norway. Oslo, very f- a familiar place. That's the biggest uh, city in that part of the world uh, when it comes to Nor- Norway and all that. Uh, what a uh, very great guy, very popular, smart player, solid player. The team will love him. The fans will love him, blah, blah, blah. So that's the good part, a likable personality that could hopefully bring up a locker room that has been pretty toxic of late. So Zuccarillo... Despite the fact he's getting a little bit older, he's turning 32 in September, which is just in time for the season. He's starting to get a little bit older, and you got five years remaining, so we're talking 38 years old when it's all done. So uh, 38 is 38, 37, pardon me, years old when it's all done, 37 when the contract's up, uh, $6 million per. That's kind of expensive, but again, he's a very, very, very productive player who kind of does it all. Good, solid defender, uh, blocks shots, hits people doesn't go overboard. He hit people a little more a couple of years ago, 
But he's a guy who scored 60 points, mid to upper 50s, this and that. Uh, last year, again, 40, uh, 40 points in 46 games. That's extremely productive. Uh, 48 points, 48 games, 40 points, pardon me. Extremely productive in very limited time there. Uh, was extremely good for the Dallas Stars in the postseason. So that's the good part. Still still in his prime, per se. You just hope that prime doesn't run out too quickly. And uh, when you block shots, don't block with your arms, okay? I can't believe he did that, actually. It was just like, huh? Did he really do that? Just bad luck, bad positioning. Just not thinking in that split second, I suppose. We have all done weird stuff like that. We're like, why did I do that? Why the hell did I do that? I just blew it now. Now I'm done. Now I'm out for a long time. Right as the Stars traded for him. But, uh, well, Stars almost... They, the Stars could have won the Stanley Cup this year. That's how good the Stars were, and that's how good Zuccarello was for them. They could have won the Stanley Cup because who did they go to overtime in Game 7 with? The freaking Blues. The Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues, who I'm going to give a huge shout-out right now. Huge shout-out right now. I should have mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but kind of too excited to talk wild out here, I suppose. Let's go Blues. Oh, yes, that Jeff Ponder that I mentioned on the last episode who tweeted me and all that. Uh, Jeff Ponder, yep, one of the hosts of Let's Go Blues. It's a, it, it's a trio of guys, an unbelievable, awesome production who is actually apparently the number one ranked, number one listened to St. Louis Blues podcast in the world. So that's a pretty big deal, to be quite honest. Uh... I love the I love the bluesy music you add in the in the introduction. That is freaking cool. Makes me want to think about uh, blues hockey. Almost makes me want to make them my second favorite team, because I love that kind of music compared to you know modern crap. But of course, you're going to get modern crap everywhere you go. But um, no, the Stars lost to the St. Louis Blues in Game Seven in overtime. So just imagine if the Stars got past the Blues, they probably would have gotten to the final, and there's a pretty good chance they might have won. Stars versus Boston, but. Uh, who knows? If they could take St. Louis that deep, who knows? Um, that would have been an epic series as well, just like the finals were. But let's go Blues. Do check that out. And important as well, I went on the show. I went on the show with Jeff Ponder. What a great guy. The hockey passion between the two of us is elite. I mean, we love the game so much. I believe we're in the same generation of Generation X. We're not millennials. We're not certainly not Gen Z, but we're not millennials either. Um Grew up in a grew up around hockey and all that. Just love the game, love love the players of the past, love the players of the present, love the players of the recent past, but the long past as well. Uh, the North Star days. It's an awesome show. It's called. Uh, it's a series they started last year with uh, all the teams throughout the league, podcasts throughout the league. Like of course, you know the the Teal Town podcast, San Jose Sharks. Apparently, Chris Stortz and the Teal Town podcast recommended me to uh, Let's Go Blow. So that is unbelievable that they chose uh, me out of the other Minnesota Wild podcasts that float around out there. This is the oldest Minnesota Wild podcast. In fact, it's one of the older podcasts out there these days. Uh, this one, along with Purple Mafia and Timberwolves Explosion that I do, we all started in 2008. Huge show. Uh, old old school show is what I'm trying to say. Uh, been around a long time. But Let's Go Blues is pretty old school, too, going back to 2011. In the podcasting world, 2011 is old school. In the hockey world, that's like too modern for me. Damn it! I like the old days, but uh, no, both both days are fine. Long as we, long as uh, they play classic music instead of uh, modern crap. That's just my point of view. But no, uh, behind enemy lines, you'll see Minnesota Wild, Brave the Wild on there. Do check out that episode and check out all of them. Shoot, check out all of them. Listen to their show and keep up with that behind enemy lines. They started that last summer, where they go to all the different uh, teams in the league, the pi- uh, podcasters for all the different teams in the league. Uh, one representative, and this year I got to be for Brave the Wild, and hopefully next year as well. 
Uh, got to be the Brave the Wild, got to be the representative for uh, the Minnesota Wild. So deeply, deeply honored to be on the number one listen to shoe show in uh, in St. Louis. That is uh, pretty awesome. Number one listen to uh, St. Louis Blues podcast in the world. I wish Brave the Wild was that. I'm not sure. If I am, I don't know, but I doubt it. <laughs> just because, just because I don't have the, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not on this huge website that like a, uh, tens of thousands of people go to. But this is a well listened to show. It is. It is a well listened to show, and it's going to be that way when it's been around this long. So that's the good part. But major shout out to uh, Let's Go Blues podcast. Sorry for the weird placement of the uh, shout out to you, but I guess there's no bad time as long as it gets out. But the last second isn't always the best. <sighs> Zuccarello, though, I, I'm you know I'm intrigued by him and all that. He had 26 goals in 15-16 a few years back, 61 total points. He had 44 assists in 16-17. That's a lot. That's a career high. Uh, 37 assists in 17-18, 53 total points. So that was a pretty crappy year for the Rangers, though, uh, and this last year was as well, even though Zuccarello is remarkably productive. So nice. Let's move on to Ryan Hotman. Ryan Hartman. This guy is a right shot right wing. A right shot right wing. They do exist. It's not a rumor. He was a, he was a first round pick for the Chicago Blackhawks. First round. Wow. 30th overall in the 2013 draft. So another 2013 guy, just like the other Blackhawk we signed in the fifth round. Ryan Hartman. I uh, did pick up this guy during a hot run a couple years ago when he was still with the Chicago Blackhawks. 16-17 uh, with fantasy hockey, Hartman was doing really well. So I picked him up during that stretch, uh, close, including a couple of good numbers, uh, a couple of good times in 16, uh, 17, 18. I forget which year I picked him up. I think he got to a really hot start in one of those years. It might have been the uh, 31 there. But um, I figured it's a first-round pick. This guy's got a lot of talent. He has talent, but unfortunately he is a bottom six type of guy. Maybe fourth line, maybe third, this and that, but he does shoot right. He is a real right shoot, right winger, so thank you. Hallelujah for balancing the lineup. Oh, does it have to be this again, though? Who did Ryan Hartman play for last year? Name. Ryan Hartman. Who do you play for? The National Predators. Oh, there's a difference. Shut up! And Are you kidding me? The National Predators again. Another National Predator. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, that's funny, isn't it? National Redditors. <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, who cares? If he can play, that's good. It's just unbelievable. This this Paul Fenton. National, did Matt Zuccarello play for the Predators or did he go to Boston College? Oh, but he played for an East Coast team, but okay, whatever. We'll let that one go. I don't think Zuccarello had anything to do with Boston or with uh, the uh, <laughs> with Nashville Predators. I don't think this guy did. In fact, he was undrafted, so what a, what a hell of an undrafted free agent he was for the New York Rangers back in 2010-2011. Uh, you know what, Rangers? Good job. 355 points in 511 games? Not bad. Plus 40 throughout his career. Plus 40 throughout his career. That's when you add everything together. It looks kind of weird, but uh, the Rangers were very good in the uh, early stages of the 2010s, we'll call them, the 20-teens. So uh, pretty cool there. Those are your major free agent signings. The other two I mentioned, the younger, uh, well, not younger, but the uh, you know lower-ranked ones. Anthony Botetto becomes unrestricted. Luke Johnson and Gabriel Dumont. I think Luke Johnson is more likely to wind up on the Ryle roster at some point. Nate Prosser is off to the Philadelphia Flyers organization. Matt Reed also on his way out. He's become an unrestricted free agent. I don't think he's coming back. 
I'm guessing he was a little bit frustrated with how things went last year. I think he thought he was going to wind up on the fourth line last year at the right wing, but we kept going with JT Bleep and Brown most of the year. Ah, because Oh, because of the way the contracts were set up. That's why. Ah, stupid. But it is what it is. I, th- I don't think... Uh, I don't think JT Brown has any chance of being on the Minnesota Wild next season. Uh, I, no, no way. Uh, you got Jerry, Gerald Mayhew, Jerry Mayhew, whatever you want to call him, and of course Ryan Hartman. So guys like that who are more productive. Nineteen goals just a couple of years ago for Ryan Hartman. So, and that was not a very good Blackhawk team, by the way. So don't forget that. Um, he's he's got some talent. I, I I like Ryan Hartman. So that was a really intriguing signing. I was thinking, wow, Ryan Hartman, cool. But, uh, yeah, he has settled into a bottom six role, and he's really he's really good at it. He's really good at it. Uh, brings the grit, brings the effort, loves the game, blah, blah, blah. Brad Hunt also inked to a one-year contract. That's the good news there. I'm happy that he is in the mix. Uh, Varlamov ended up going to the New York Islanders for four years. That's interesting. Anders Lee also, again, you know, when you're talking about Anders Lee, and, again, I apologize that I'm jumping around a bit here. Seven years, seven million per no, too too expensive and too long. So I'm glad the Wild did not get Anders Lee. Uh, God bless him, but I'm glad we didn't get him. Uh, at least the uh, at least the Blue Jackets got Gustav Nyquist, actually a pretty good player there. Went from the Red Wings to the Sharks last year, four years, twenty two million. So at least they got him. That's a good signing. He's not the youngest guy in the world, but okay. Uh, Peter Marzik, that backup uh, goaltender, he stuck with the Hurricanes for two years. Well, backup slash starter, $6.25 million. Brett Conley went from the Caps to the Panthers. Wow, Panthers with a couple of uh, signings here. Four years, $13 million. That's not too much. Brennan Tanev went from the Jets to the Penguins. Six years, $21 mil. Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot, a guy who'd been so mediocre and so up and down. Oilers, Flyers, the last year or so. One year, two point seven five to the Calgary Flames. Okay. Okay. Uh... That's interesting. Dion Phaneuf remains a free agent. Justin Williams remains a free agent. Uh, Philipula Philipula leaves the uh, New York Islanders for the Red Wings. Three million per there in the two-year stretch. Junis Dongskoy goes four years, 15.6. Jason Spezza, the old Wiley veteran, leaves the Stars for the Maple Leafs for 700,000. And there you go. So the Oilers and the Flames kind of trading here. Talbot, well... Talbot was on Philadelphia in the second half, so I guess it's a long-term type of trade, a trade to make a trade. Mike Smith leaves the Calgary Flames to the Oilers to go to the Oilers for one year, two million. Okay, those are two teams. I don't know what they're doing. As good as the Flames are, I don't know. Their goalie situation is weird, and Oilers, I have no freaking idea what they're doing. Uh, Curtis McElhaney, who was awesome for uh, the Hurricanes last year, leaves for $2.26 million in just two years, so... For the Tampa Bay Lightning. Interesting move there. Andre Sekera leaves the Oilers for the Stars 1.5. Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis, former Minnesota Wild player, of course, leaves the Maple Leafs, so he's not making $5 million a year anymore, or 4.8 or whatever. Goes to the Senators for eight, eight, $800,000 one year. Noel Akari leaves the Bruins for the Panthers, five, three years, $5 million. Nathan Berlou, one year, $1 million. Thomas Vanek unsigned, unshined. Yeah, because I'm looking at Luke Shen here. Ducks and Canucks, one year, 700,000 to the Lightning. Okay, okay, okay. Richard Panic, there's a familiar name from the Coyotes. He goes to the Capitals, four years, 11 million. Ryan Harmon, 
Kincaid, Keith Kincaid leaves the Devils slash Blue Jackets for the Canadiens. Oh, God. Montreal Canadiens, one year, 1.75. Oh, God. That's a joke. Offer sheet from Montreal, matched by Carolina. Sebastian Ahu stays in. Carolina, no surprise there. Five years, 42.7. I guess it was worth a try, Montreal, but not a huge surprise there. I mean, they're not going to let him go. Where is... I swear I'm missing something, but that's okay. I think that's about the gist of it. Well, Brad Hunt. Brad Hunt was signed for one year, about $750,000. One-way one contract, so he will make a $700,000, and he will be with the Minnesota Wild as a... Well, he'll probably play on his offside. He's a, he's a left shot, but oftentimes he'll play on his right, So because the left side is pretty full, unless people get hurt, this and that. And let's leave Anthony Potato out of it, okay? Just... Forget about Anthony Botetto, Nick Steeler, third third pairing with Brad Hunt, okay? Can we please just leave it as is? Stop screwing around with the bleeping lineup, okay? Oh, my God. So we'll look at the roster here a bit. The uh, Well, what you'd like to believe is the uh, the depth chart. I don't even know if this is accurate anymore. Greg Bleepin' Pattern is still on the roster with Nick Steeler, Brodeen and Spurgeon, Dumba and Studer, so that's all the same. Zuccarillo looks to be on the right wing with Stahl and Parisi. Very interesting combination there. Cuevo with Fiala on the right side. Zucker on the left if he doesn't get traded. Victor Rask will be on the fourth line. They're still saying JT Brown. Screw that. Screw that, okay? Uh, at this moment, Eulerich uh, and I could center the third line with Hartman and Felino, depending on how things go. And, of course, this is leaving out Donato and Greenway, so that's not accurate. It's just not. Uh, Nico Sturm and Victor Rask will be vying for time along with Eul Erickson X. So that's a big problem, unless you want to move Victor Rask to the uh, to the wing, which I psh, I don't know, man. I mean, you can put him on the wing, but psh, he shoots left. Oh, goody. Yeah, we, we really need another left shot, uh, uh, another left winger. Why'd you trade for this guy anyway? But well, it was the only way to get rid of the get rid of the evil Niederreiter. The miscast Niederreiter, but I think he could have gotten better than Victor Bleepin' Rask. Fudge knuckers, man. They could have gotten better than that. Oh, boy. That is an albatross. It's not the worst contract of all time, but it's pretty bad. Um, I think Ryan Hartman's going to wind up on the fourth line, probably, instead of JT Brown. And then you'll have Greenway. Ah, boy, it's tough because of the... Yeah, you'll have Greenway on the third. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Eulerichenek, uh, center, Hartman right, Greenway left. Felino will be on the left for the fourth line, along with uh, Victor Rask and Ryan Hartman. Or uh, Victor Rask or Nico Sturm, depending on how you want to go. Maybe Nico Sturm and Rask both make the team, and Rask will be uh, hanging around in the press box. Or Sturm will hang around in the press box. But I think you want Sturm on the ice, one way or another, in the AHL or the NHL. My guess is Sturm starts off uh, next season in the AHL. That's my guess, because I know how this organization works. Unless he absolutely absolutely engraves himself in, in, in stone on that fourth line at a bare minimum, if not the third line. And maybe Koivu is just not ready one way or another. I think Yul Eriksson actually get a crack at second line center, if not uh, Luke Cunning, who's also not mentioned in this bleeping thing, because that's just how it is. He's, he wasn't on the roster. He wasn't on the roster, you idiot. Uh, yes, he was. <laughs> it's just that's how it goes. Um, <laughs> it's That's how it is, though, at the end of the day. Uh, Luke Cunning could could easily be a second uh, second line center or second line right winger. We'll just have to wait and see how that sets up. 
as you, when, when you do head to the daily face-off, this is more of a realistic possibility. In fact, I would pretty much say this is about what I'm thinking. This is about what I'm thinking at the moment, depending on how you want to go between Eck and Cunning. Unfortunately, Eck is a left shot, so that's what makes that difficult. And, uh, yeah, you're not going to put Eck at a wing, though. Eck is a bleeping center. So your top line, even though he's not as good as he used to be, Eric Stahl is your center, Jason Zucker's left wing, correctly. Uh, Matt Zuccarello is right wing. Just like Kevin Fiala, right wing on the second line. Both of them shoot left, but they can play on the right, on the offside, and they're both pretty good at it. You, well, Maybe not Fiala, but Zuccarello certainly is. Fiala needs to show it first, man. Uh, X center is that second line with Zach Parisi on the left and Kevin Fiala on the right. The third line, Miko Cuevo. See, this is what I think should be, too. Miko Cuevo, third line center, especially coming off an ACL in 35. He does not need to be your second line center. He does not. Uh, Jordan Greenway left, Luke Cunning right. That's actually a really, really good line. So Cuevo would have nothing to complain about with those guys with him. Skill, strength, defense, offense. That's an awesome line. In fact, that might be the most complete line out of the whole damn lineup. It might be. Uh, Zuccarello, Zuccarello, Zuccarello and Zucker are pretty fast. Stahl is slow, so that's an interesting combination there. But uh, Stahl will have two guys working with him that are very quick that can, well, they can help. That speed may help, and Stahl could get a ton of assists that way, possibly. But, of course, again, you got to worry about the offside rule and all that, which could be a huge problem slowing those guys down in a situation. But uh, Zucker, uh, excuse me, Stahl definitely has a chance to get some assists with those guys regardless. That's a tough situation. You wish you could have get a faster center that could keep up with them because, well, last thing I need is an offside call because, yeah, guys, yeah, we, we all know that rule already. Victor Rasquitz under the fourth line. Ryan Hartman right. Marcus Fellino on the left. Again, that's probably your fourth line. Unless Sturm turns enough heads, or again, Rask just sucks so hard, they can't put him in the lineup. So that's where things go with that. I'm already longer than last year, which is kind of funny. We'll look at a couple things on Facebook and wrap this up, though. Uh, we pretty much That's pretty much all there is to say about free agency at this point. I probably went a little too long on it. The draft, you know, okay. You got some size, a lot of left shots, one right shot, blah, blah, blah. It is what it is. Apparently there was a uh, 6.6 quake in South uh, Southern California. Interesting. So not quite the big one, but not small either. There is no small earthquake, is it? So <laughs> at the end of the day, going to look at the Facebook page a bit here, see if there's anything people have been saying. Twitter's been pretty quiet, other than uh, Jeff Ponder back and forth, a little bit of conversation, and maybe one or two others. As I hope that'll pop up here. This so we'll go to the uh, <laughs> the Twitter account at Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild. Can't thank you enough. Those of you that have uh, been in contact with me since then. Uh, well, yep. So so far, most of these mentions are just I'm in a list of shows that we're on so again do check out do check out let's go blues uh, apple apple podcast google podcast stitcher double twist all those different uh applications that do podcasts and such um let's go blues uh, behind enemy lines is what it's called during the uh the summertime where you get all these different uh all these different shows that he'll interview talk about the past the present this and that with their teams and the past history with the Blues. Uh, looks like there's going to be a Boston Bruins one coming up real soon. I'll talk about the Cup Finals podcaster with podcaster. Again, thanks for everything, Jeff Ponder, for being a part of this. It is a gigantic honor. Uh, love it very much. Thank you again. So, 
He was saying the latest behind the enemy lines is up for your listening pleasure. At Brave the Wild drops in to talk Wild and North Stars as well as Mike Yo, Pablo Dimitra, and the numerous playoff matchups. Check us out at Apple or Google Podcast as well as below. So all those different other possibilities. I did retweet it, so do check it out. Oh, or did I? I thought I did. I think I did. Well, I retweeted it again. I must have retweeted a different thing. But uh, again, awesome. So I retweeted it again just now. Uh, love it very much. Thanks again, guys, for the uh, the uh, thanks for the honor, Jeff Ponder, for being a part of that show. It was spectacular. Do check it out. Keep up with it, indeed. Uh, so trying to get to the page here. It's been struggling and screwing around and all that. Mm, some of these are repeated posts. Let's see. Oh, there's one. Okay, so there's a couple conversations that pop up, I believe. There's your development roster and all that. All the guys from Nicholas Boca all the way up to uh, all the way up to Matthew Boldy. Pretty exciting. I enjoyed it very very much. There was some conversation in here. Uh, Chad Swanson looked like he commented a bit here. Yeah, they're talking about a couple guys. This is the Brad Hunt deal. 1.4 million with Brad Hunt. 700,000 AAV. Johnny Russell says seems like a great deal and I agree very much with him there. There's a group of uh, the youngsters. I posted a group of the youngsters and such. Uh, the draft where they're from, lots of Americans and such, and lots of Russians. Michael Holzer says the Subban trade was huge, and thank God he's out of the Central Division, and I, I agree with that very much. Um, Michael Holzer did not respond to anything else there, so hopefully everything's cool with you, Mike. I'm good to hear from you there. Uh, Sebastian Barton locally says Nationals retarded, and I was like saying, yes, they are. I can't believe they created Subban like that. It was pretty dumb, so yeah, but well, I wouldn't even say it's dumb. They wanted to get out of the contract. Uh, Jason Zucker did get the King Clancy Award because of his uh, community work and such, so congratulations to him. Jason Zucker did get the King Clancy Award. Again, this is facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota or just look up Brave the Wild and find the page and join it if you could. A couple of loves from people that uh, when I released the show there. Thank you guys very much. State of the Wild twenty. 19, episode 210. This is episode 211. Um, the Wild have been chasing certain guys, but at the end of the day, that's pretty much everything. I'll go up a little bit. Yep, we took Matthew Boldy. Uh, there was another conversation further up, though, about the uh, free agencies, free agency moves here with uh, Zuccarello and such. But uh, I got to think Donato and all the Belpedio guys like that, they're going to definitely compete for positions. We'll talk about that in the next show a bit more. It's going to be very interesting, of course. You want those guys in the NHL. They, they're due, some of them. Obviously, Donato and Greenway, they need to be in the NHL, along with Cunning and Eulerksonak. Uh, Every one of those guys should be in the NHL, unless they're extremely frustrating. That's the only reason you'd consider nah, not going that direction. Jim Poulton, this was after the Wild acquired uh, Zicarillo and Hartman, was saying every home game is a sellout and merchandise sales are booming. Don't expect to see the Wild even remotely close to a Stanley Cup final series for many years to come. Sorry, but it's the truth. So he was basically kind of making fun of uh, the Wild in terms of how, wow, they just every game's a sellout and merchandise is booming. But yeah, a lot of the moves are just kind of staying above water, and that's about it. Not really trying to make a big move forward or, you know, like kind of letting things kind of drop off and then uh, you, you catch up in time, which wouldn't have been the worst thing ever, unfortunately. 
that's not how things are going here with the draft and all that. We're just kind of hoping that, well, hoping that uh, Benton made some good picks, but the chances of a superstar coming out of this, other than maybe Boldy, slim to none usually in this situation when you don't pick in the top five. So that's the unfortunate truth. We'll get to a uh, new show in the next few weeks here, maybe the end of July, early August. They tend to kind of catch up and such with draft free agency, mostly free agency conversation and looking into the season. Those are always fun episodes to do. With that, I wish all of you a very happy July 4th. And just like last year, I'm going to head to the lakes and cool off here. Uh, luckily, the rain was very short. Last year, it was pretty long. And it's earlier in the day than last time around, too. So that's the good part. And my knee doesn't hurt as much. I'm touching the knee right now, and it feels pretty good. <laughs> With that said, I hope, uh, well, I mean, I, I covered everything to this point. The draft, the free agency, the wild situation is, well, you know, they're kind of a bubble team and I don't know being a bubble team sucks because you're kind of stuck in the middle and that's pretty much where we're at right now unless somebody emerges big time obviously Donato Greenway Luke Cunning your jeweler Euler Chinek are uh, very much uh, the doors open guys go get them and of course one of these draft picks hopefully uh, Kovanov Kaprizov guys like that can help save the day one time uh, at one point uh, Matthew Boldy we're going to be watching a lot of Boston College next fall. That's for sure. Got to keep up with those Boston Colleges right there, those Terriers. So it's going to be fun to keep up with them. Hopefully they go all the way and uh, they get their national championship. And as long as it's not against the Gophers. And, well, we'll be uh, signing a couple of those guys to entry-level contracts. And bada-bing, bada-boom, let's roll. Until then, well, until the next couple of weeks here, take care, everybody.